This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. Today is March 29th, 2019. The day was March 29th, 1857. India was under control of the British East India Company, and Britain's rule was becoming more troublesome to Indian people. The British were changing up the social structure drastically, and many Indians were growing disillusioned with the East India Company's activities. Dissension was bubbling among sepoys, or Indian soldiers serving in the British Army. So on this day, a 29-year-old sepoy named Mangal Pandey attacked two British officers. Unrest had been brewing for a while. The East India Company entered India in the 17th century on the pretense of trading. But by the early 18th century, the company's role in India had transformed to be more political. At the time of the Sepoy Rebellion in the 1850s, the East India Company was really flexing its muscle as an extension of British imperialism. Politics, the economy, and culture were subject to the whims of the British. There weren't that many British people who actually lived in India, at least not nearly as many as there were Indians. But Indian royalty had entered into deals with the East India Company that they believed would benefit them and their states. India was divided into states, and the British were given the power to have troops and British residents in each state. In return, the British would ensure royal Indian families would thrive. But the British motivations weren't so straightforward. As British influence grew stronger in India, the East India Company weakened the power of Indian leadership and attempted to dismantle Indian cultural traditions. James Andrew Brown Ramsey, Marquess and 10th Earl of Dalhousie, was a key figure in this dramatic expansion of British power in India. When Lord Dalhousie became the Governor General of India, he instituted aggressive policies as he believed in the superiority of the West. He championed Western education in India, developed a transportation system, instituted telegraph lines, and instituted social reforms like suppressing female infanticide and encouraging education for girls. But the most controversial part of his political career in India was his aggressive imposition of British administration throughout India. Under his oversight, the East India Company annexed many Indian states under the doctrine of lapse. Provinces still had royal rulers, and when one of those rulers had no biological heir, the ruler could ask the British government if he could adopt a son to be his successor. But when Dalhousie came along, he realized that he could refuse this permission to adopt, so there would be a lapse in the line of succession, and Britain could swoop in and annex the territory. This was a sketchy policy subject to abuse, but the British used it to acquire more land and power. Dalhousie used the doctrine of lapse in the state of Oud in 1856, when the East India Company deemed the ruler incompetent and took control of the state. This didn't sit well with many of the sepoys who were from the highest castes in Oud, as they lost rank and privilege in the transition of power. As many Brahmins, or people of the highest Hindu caste, lost money and power when they were supplanted by British officials, they grew more and more unhappy with the East India Company. On top of all this, some Indians suspected the British were planning to convert everyone to Christianity, and all of the new social reforms were upending Indian society. 
The sepoys were also facing singular problems, as some felt slighted by low pay and some were being passed over for promotions in favor of white soldiers. But the straw that probably broke the camel's back was the issuance of infilled rifles. A rumor spread that the rifles' cartridges had been lubricated with lard from pigs and cows. As Hinduism considers cows sacred and Islam prohibits eating beef, the fact that soldiers had to bite the ends of the cartridges to load the rifles was a huge issue and seen as offensive. So on March 29, 1857, Mangal Pandey, a Brahmin sepoy, decided to protest this potentially malicious action and kicked off the uprising by shooting a British sergeant major and a lieutenant. Pandey was arrested, found guilty, and sentenced to death by hanging. In April, sepoys rebelled by refusing to use their guns and were severely punished. But by May, the uprising had turned violent. Sepoys in South India largely sided with the British, but many in the Bengal army mutinied. Off-duty British officers and civilians were killed. The British fought back by killing sepoys with bayonets and even sometimes shooting them out of cannons. And they murdered Indian civilians. These devastating and bloody battles lasted into 1858 with major incidents at Delhi, Kanpur, and Lucknow. But in the end, the British military established control by slowly and strategically retaking cities after the rebellion had quieted. The rebellion ended on July 8, 1858, after more than a year of brutal battles. The rebels had not achieved their goal of gaining their independence from Britain. India didn't get there until 1947, after a long and arduous 200 years of British rule. But they did cause some setbacks that required some major changes in India. The East India Company was put out, and India came under direct control of the British crown and armies, which had been largely Indian before, were reorganized to include mainly British troops and a number of diverse Indian soldiers. That way, there was less of a chance for the troops to organize a mutiny. The prospect of converting Indians to Christianity was squashed, and Britain even began meeting with Indian representatives on cultural issues. But even though the British had rolled back the imposition of some social measures, Britain expanded their administration in India, and Western systems continue to influence the Indian subcontinent. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.